he made this ugly face of what you could do about it. He just took my football and threw it into a field. Like he didn't even like want it. He just wanted to be a dick. I was uh, like, this kid, man, this kid is. He's gonna be a terrible person. Yeah, and probably it's because his parents are terrible people. Yeah, or prob- they have at least some yeah. some element of terribleness. Absolutely, in them, you know, like yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly, the apple doesn't far far fall far from the bitch. Right? The apple doesn't fart fall <laughs> far fart. Doesn't fart far far far. far. Yeah, but um, far far far. <laughs> yeah, what a dick. Uh, so <laughs> TV Schmeevy, huh? We're TV back. Schmeevy. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. Huh? Yep. Huh? Yep. TV huh, guys? Huh? Am I? Am I right? <laughs> so no, your your podcast machine is not broken. <laughs> this week, movie schmovie is TV schmovie. We've done this twice before, where we just talk about other things we like to watch, other than films on the silver screen or crisp copies that Ronald gets his hands on mm-hmm, somehow. Mm-hmm. However, he manages to do that. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just catch up a little bit on some of the television programs we've been watching, and uh, see. I don't know. Compare notes. See if see if any of our top picks line up. See if maybe we might even suggest a show or two that those of you out there listening have not been pursuing that we might mm-hmm. recommend to you. But I have a feeling most of my favorite shows I've been watching recently they're pretty well liked. They already have their their fan base. But I have some wild cards. You have some wild cards. All mm-hmm. right. Well, maybe you should throw out a wild card from the start. Okay. So what number is this? Oh, unlucky number one thirteen. You guys want to make sure okay. we have that. Um. But last week was Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. So it, it's a shame we didn't, you know. That would require a lot of planning. Now, I just will also say, just as a little technical note, that my son is outside catching fireflies with, with neighbor kids. So mm-hmm. we may hear screen doors opening and slamming. Okay. In the background Whatever throughout this works. episode. Whatever works. How's it going, pal? Daddy? Yeah. It's because there's really no way for two kids to be really quiet and play a video game together. And then are you guys going to sit silently together? Yes. Why, why would that be fun? <laughs> We're going to get <laughs> I feel like, yeah, what's, 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 just so everybody knows, there's, there's, a, there's a motion on for these two kids to come upstairs and play video games while we're taping this episode. Terrible idea. With, through, there's like a wooden yeah. floor right above <laughs> Terrible idea. I, you know, but what's funny is I don't know what, when he, when, when, he asked before we started recording if he could like play video games inside, and I told him no, and he went outside. So I'm getting the impression that this kid... He's like he's strong arming him. He's, he's given. Him. I should beep that name out. I'm not going to say the kid's <laughs> name. Um, that this kid has given him grief, saying like, "So, so what? Your dad doesn't want us to play a video game. Does he not know we can be quiet? Does he not know how quiet we can be? Get your dad in line. Yeah, I know. Go in there and talk to him. <laughs> My absentee father lets me. Mm-hmm. This could be a good TV episode. Maybe this would be a good maybe, episode maybe of a sitcom. Yeah. Of like something here. A uh, sitcom I don't watch. Yeah. You, you. Can I tell you something? Can I give you some feedback? You yes, were sir. good, man. You, you stood your ground. Yeah. You were nice about it. Right. I think Especially you when he walked away. Yeah. Right. You handled <laughs> that really. Just left you on the stairs. Well, to that point, it's like, am I going to run after him? Yeah. It's like, no. That's usually when you go. You know what? Yeah. Like, work it out. Someone told me once that you you can control. <clears throat> okay, here we go. We'll see round three. Let's see what's going on. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, hey, Henry, have I answered your question already? Yes. So what do you think's different now? I feel like I need a little help from mom out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where's mom? <laughs> Clearly Mr. Walker said no four times already. But anyway. I hope nobody in my nobody in my neighborhood listens to this damn podcast. So I could I could It's use weird names. though I put flyers for the podcast on all oh, the doors. Oh, no. So they might be listening now. <laughs> So our grassroots marketing campaign. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I started it a week early. Yeah. Sorry, no. John. This is one of the rawest episodes. I got. <laughs> yeah, I got to right. tell you, this yeah, it's is very raw. It's very good, man. You know what this reminds me of is uh, trying to get Henry to bed so that my wife and I can watch a show together. That's what so marriage you guys comes can to. Watch a show that's, that's together. What I was going to say that's what marriage comes to <laughs> yeah. after a while. It's like yeah. there's a lot of stuff that could happen, but hey, there's Fargo on the DVR. Let's watch Fargo. Was you know. That's what we're. That's what you're shooting yeah, yeah. for. Yeah, getting some getting some downtime. But at any rate, we're here to talk about television, and I believe you were in the middle of talking about some of your wild cards. Is that yeah. So one of my wild cards is uh. Um, so there are some twin comedians from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, the Lucas Brothers. Um, I think they're around like thirty, thirty-one. Really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but. 
they have a cartoon that came on Fox that had about six episodes. It's off the wall. It's kind of in the vein of like, if you like the way Adventure Time is, they like a moving, they have a moving company called the Lucas Brothers Moving Co. And mm-hmm. they, they help people, but it turns into something ridiculous. So the first episode involves uh, a wooden uh, bed that's too heavy for them to pick up. So they're watching TV and they see a wrestler pick up the same sort of model bed and throw the bed. So they decide to get a wrestler. And who do they recruit? Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> it is one of the weirdest shows you'll probably ever see. It's not really like a kiddie show. Wait, that's have they, have they had a couple of guests uh, or that are weird or something? Because I feel like I heard really that somebody crazy. was on there, but I can't remember who it was. Yeah, there's was a bunch there. of random. Um, Hannibal Burris plays one of the voices. Gerard Carmichael. Who was in the neighbors? Uh, he was a black kid in the neighbors, but he's mm-hmm. like, I think he's I the be... next, he's the next comedian. Like, if there's, if there's a person who is gonna like kind of make it, what's um, his name? Oh, the guy from neighbors, Gerard Carmichael. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's like, he's doing a pilot. He's one of those people that kind of, that's kind of gonna sneak up on you. <laughs> Lucas Brothers moving. Screen come. doors open. Oh my god. That's an awesome decision. Thank you, buddy. On a movie podcast, that's pertinent, right? He's yeah, going. Out, Indiana he's Jones. getting his Indiana Jones gear and going outside. Yeah. I'm glad that the decision has been made to have an adventure right. rather than to Lucas Brothers. Yeah, moving company. Uh, the in the dining room on the chair. You're talking about your green like army pouch. You got to use the bathroom first. <laughs> this is a raw episode. <laughs> this is a raw. Just so everyone knows, my wife's out of town, so you know this is a this is solo parenting <laughs> night, and you can see that my idea of a good thing to do when it's just you and the kid is to have some friends over, <laughs> sit down and record your conversations, and just open the doors to the house and let people run in and out. It's a it's a really safe way to run a house. Oh, so yeah, I'd, I'd say check it out, especially if you like randomness. You like crazy plots you like jake the snake roberts and it's actually jake the snake roberts voice awesome. it's really cool is it actually bell biv devoe bell biv and or it looks like biv devoe and bell yeah it looks like there's an episode where they're supposed to be on yeah there. yeah it's it's a lot of cool references from like the 90s it's 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 a cool show um we've been so good about like avoiding background noise and this as is we do this these. is the opposite of that yeah. today this is this is real this is when shit gets real this is real Oh, it's uh, okay. Michael K. Williams. Yeah, I saw that on something too. And Natasha Leggero, who's a comedian that I like. Yeah, super funny. The Lucas Brothers. Very funny cartoon. I'll check it out. I'm adding it to my watch list. Please do, man. Like, I think you'll enjoy Dylan's... it. It's only six episodes. Yeah, that's what it shows. So, are you caught up on Hannibal? No, I'm still not. <sighs> well, in... fuck you. How far from caught up are you? I'm on the season finale of season one. So okay. Here, oh, so you're that far behind still, Ronald? Yeah. Well, here's the issue. It was already great like at that months. point, but it's gotten <laughs> it's, it's, my like, living. It actually gets better in the my second living season. situation is a direct result of my inability to watch the show. Like I would, I for dramas, you can't watch it. You couldn't watch a drama in my house because there would be uh, not your new house. My new house. There I'm solo go. dolo. Solo. Um, but yeah, I'd try to watch something. And then someone who I never met before would talk to me for ten minutes and try to figure out what the plot of this show was, right. who was, who it was, right. when it start. Is it on Netflix? Is it not so on? So everything Netflix? you don't want to talk about. Yeah, yeah do, while you're watching it, I'm not IMDb. Yeah. Right when I'm watching yeah, yeah, the yeah, show, yeah. and why the fuck are you asking? Yeah. It's it's like that. So. I'm going to get the catch up a little bit is what I'm saying. Loose translation. Well, the if you've seen the first season though, you know you know how the show is good. You know the ways yeah, in which absolutely. it's good. But all that's just amped up in the second season. It got to the point where Steve and I after an episode would air, we would just text something back and forth. It would be sort of an oh my god or <laughs> or the quote of the night yeah, or something or like quote, that. Yeah. It's just such a I don't know. Anyone that is avoiding it because it sounds like a bad idea, <laughs> it is kind of a bad idea. Like on paper, we didn't need a prequel to Silence of the Lambs. Sure. Uh, you know, we didn't need to see another actor play Hannibal Lecter, really. But within minutes of the first episode, when I was watching it, I just bought into this world and these, this vision of these characters. And uh, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed Mads Mikkelsen in things before, or I've at least admired him in things before. But he, he just... 
this is Hannibal now in my mind. Like, I, I gotta I know, say, isn't, isn't that weird? It's so strange that one of the most iconic performances of all time, being Anthony Hopkins' version of this role, now feels like the movie version, but it doesn't feel like the version, you know? That's very strange. Yeah. And I would say as far as right, the Will Graham character, I know a lot of people really have a lot of affection for Manhunter. I've always liked but not loved that film. But I I think that the character of Will Graham being the kind of yin to Hannibal's yang, this this guy who has a gift for stepping into a, a crime scene and being able to figure out what the killer was thinking, they've taken that character and turned him into this this damaged superhero kind yeah, of really. character. I mean, and Hugh Dancy, who I never had much of an opinion of before that. Yeah, no. I mean, I think that a lot of people are talking about Mads Mikkelsen. A lot of people are talking about the show itself, the look of the show. But I, I just feel like if there's anything I want to say about Hannibal, it's that the character of Will Graham is one of those characters where every line reading means something and it's got levels to it. And there are some scenes where he's just so unbearably intense it's hilarious to me that in real life he's married to Claire Danes, or at least they're a couple, because they both play such broken, intense yeah, characters. Yeah. It's hilarious <laughs> to picture them sitting around the I apartment, <laughs> just like making goggle eyes at each other and, yeah. and sweating and stuff. But no, I thought that, yeah, there's so many things that shouldn't work about this show that just do, you know? And, and, and it's the goriest thing I've seen on television. But the most beautiful gore. Yes, absolutely. Really. I mean, even even beyond television, I think the way this film or this series is stylized, it's gorgeous. And it's relatively cheap, <clears throat> Steve. It's it's odd that like they're just using their – like Brian Fuller, the creator of this show, who was has had a string of shows that have never made it to the second season that yeah, I know of. Pushing or maybe, uh, maybe Dead Like Me made it to the second season yeah. too. But I just mean he's, he's known to be a guy who, who does these interesting projects that have these cult followings and then they kind of die off oh. at some point. Um, so, A, it's noteworthy that NBC has renewed it for a third season. That makes NBC seem like, at the very least, I mean, the ratings are not good. Yeah. So, it seems like NBC knows this is like an integrity signing, that they're getting great reviews. It's uniformly great reviews. Yeah. But it really is shocking that this is on a network. Like, I, I it, it feels like it's arrived on our screens with very little mucking around with, with higher-ups. It's it, I mean, I, when I watch Hannibal, I don't sense that anybody... And on the executive side, even knows what the show is. Yeah. And if they did, they would be curtailing it in some way because it's very, it's a, it's a really twisted show oh, in a man. lot of ways. It's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal for a network show. It does look, it has the styling and just the vibe of a show that would be on like a cable station, like yeah. HBO or whatever Showtime. When, when it was running, it was indisputably, undisputedly, undisputedly it was uh, definitely. Let's put it that way. <laughs> let's go with that <laughs> one. <laughs> it's getting late in the evening. Um, there are kids running around. I'm tired. Um, but it's, it's, it's. I mean, it's it was the show that I look forward to the most each week, like agonizingly waiting for it to come on. Like an episode would end and I would just be like, give me more now. And I kept saying to Nikki, I wish this was a Netflix show because I would totally have watched it in like two nights or if that, you know. Yeah, that show. I mean, yeah, I'd say when it's airing, it's my favorite show on TV. And yeah. we talk about this show all the time, trying to get you caught up, Ronald. And what you've seen, I think you really liked it. it, it and it only gets better. The mm-hmm. cast characters is great. Um I think the great thing about the show, like John was kind of just saying, is it doesn't really seem like anything is compromised yeah. at all. I think Brian Fuller has a vision, and I think David Slade, who's been on uh, you know, to direct a bunch of episodes of the series, brings a great uh, touch to the show. I mean, it, it is a beautiful show. I mean, and, and the music is great, and, and just how much thought goes into every little thing just seems so well thought out, and it just truly is the show for me right now. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't see myself missing episodes, and and it was a huge win to read that it got renewed. Right, there were two shows I was really rooting for this season, and and Hannibal being one of them to get picked back up is is both confidence, you know, a network saying this is our this is our critical film, you know, mm-hmm. or our, I keep saying film, this is our critical show, you know, this well received show that critics love, and I think at the end of the season, I think the ratings did slope up very yeah. minimally, but I, I think I think it did trend up. Um, See, I would actually recommend this to people. It's normally something this strange. I would say, ah, I wouldn't recommend it. But I feel like almost anybody that watches this show and really gives it a chance will see that it's got something for you in it. I mean, it's 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 very extreme, mm-hmm. but it's like if if the, I mean, if mass audiences can watch shows like CSI, whatever, where they've yeah. got you know they got some pretty gory stuff on those shows too. This is just the sort of artful poetic version of, of that yeah sure absolutely but it's like i don't think it's that hard of a sell i think it's a really enjoyable show to watch but maybe it is maybe it's like there's no way that it could ever break through that couple million viewers yeah it's amazing to think that it gets one fifteenth the viewership of something like walking dead Crazy. which is an interesting show but it's nowhere near 
doesn't have the kind of artistic integrity that this yeah. show does. Doesn't touch it. And we talked about like when they was talking about maybe them not getting picked back up. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a series that you could see maybe like a Netflix picking up or, or another network or some sort of com- you know collaboration or a partnership because I would hate to see that show end. I'm glad that it's not because now this at the end of season two without giving anything away you see the the pickup point of where the third season is going to go. And well, it, knowing that when they made that, they didn't know they were getting a third I know, season. I know. That's makes me like, afraid of what they'll do to yes. us because the way yes. the second season ends, if that had been it, would have been the bleakest uh, form of storytelling on television that I'd ever seen. But at the same time, I don't, I, to give that, there's so many awful things that can happen to people on this show. And it's like, Living is not necessarily does not you know you, you might actually envy the people that die if you're one oh. of the characters that lives at a certain point. There's some just awful things that happen to people. Yeah, and I love seeing some of the characters. Another thing that's interesting to note is the way that it plays with the source material and deviates from it. I know that you don't you haven't yeah. read the books. Or I haven't, I but I, I've listened to a bunch of interviews with Brian Fuller since it since the season ended. I I've caught up on yeah. what, a lot of the references you made are. So it's interesting being even it's 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 similar to the way that with Game of Thrones, although it's much more extreme than with Game of Thrones. But they they do certain things differently on the show Game of Thrones, or they'll pace things differently, or have things happen in a different order than they do in the books. So it's fun as a book viewer to see a book viewer. It's fun as a book reader to see that Game of Thrones will will deviate slightly from the book or have something play out in a way that surprises you. With Hannibal, it's almost to the point where knowing the text just means you kind of know the references they're playing around with. Yeah. But they're going to refer there's dialogue that's been lifted from all the, you know, the later books. So there's like and there's like dynamics and characters from say Silence of the Lambs or Red Dragon, which are the the two main books that the series has been based on thus far. Um that are just like brought in as like inspired by or little nods, little notes. Yeah. Uh, but the adaptation is not so straight that just because you know a character's supposed to be alive in the books, it doesn't mean you know they survive on the show. And like the character of Chilton, who is a really interesting character, the way they've played him on the show, it's ambiguous now what his what his fate is. I think they've pretty much come out and said that that character has survived the second yeah, season, yeah. but it's it's unclear in the second season. The only thing we know is that in this book of Silence of the Lambs, he's alive. And that storyline is a couple of seasons forward from where Past we are on Hannibal yeah. now. But it doesn't mean that you don't know. It's like just because I know that character is supposed to survive, it doesn't mean I know what happens with them. Right. And I think that's really fascinating that they've managed to do that without shitting on the books. They've, the source, they've left yeah. pretty much everything intact. There's only been there was one notable death in the second season that was a character, a very minor character in the books, who was still alive at the uh, as the books go on. But it, the way that death was used in the show was was important and it had an impact and it, it did feel like they used that character better on the show than they ever were in the books just because in the books they were just a background character. Gotcha. But I don't know, my point being, it's it's really interesting that even if you know what's supposed to happen, it just means there's a relationship, there's a dialogue between what the show is and what the books did um, and even what the movies did. I mean, the fact that, you know, they are playing with, I alluded to it before, but I mean, the, the iconic aspect of not just Anthony Hopkins in that role, but like the, the mask that he wears when they're transporting him and the 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 garb that they're yeah. wearing and the and the cages that he's in and the way that the scenes are laid out when Jodie Foster comes to meet Anthony Hopkins in that film every one of those things has been referred to visually and turned on its head and twisted around already in the second season and they haven't even gotten to that material yet mm. in fact i don't know that they have the rights to use sounds of the lambs yeah that's what they or the or yeah any of the or Clarice like any of those characters they can't use them so like all the well, mater- now, I think all the material they've been it. using has been from Red Dragon and the book Hannibal Right. And I think the book Hannibal Rising. Yeah. So and they've and no one liked the book Hannibal Rising. They've said as much that they're not going to adapt that material straight, but they are going to pull elements from it. Yeah. So, so if next year is what it seems to be, which you know, like what it might be, they've referred to it as the manhunt yeah. season, and I, I find that to be a really exciting notion. It's gonna be awesome because it sounds like it's gonna break these characters out of the scenarios and scenes that we're used to seeing them in, but. But yeah. yes, catch up on it, Ron. Watch, watch Hannibal, man. And if you're out there, if you're not watching it, you know, I would say catch up on it. I don't know. Is it on demand? Does it remain on demand at this point? I don't know. I'm not sure how that works. But I'm sure I, if you have like the NBC app, it's probably on there. But catch up with it sometime in the next year. And then when it comes back <laughs> next spring or next whenever it comes back, you know, when did it air this year? February? January? Fe- yeah, February, I think. Um, watch, it, watch it live. Let's get those ratings up, folks. I know you people are so good at listening to us and then leaving ratings and reviews. <laughs> Let's do it for Hannibal. Because I want to see them. That, that, yeah, that's the, we're, we're championing that show. Like that, I, I, I you want watch to see it. it. I want to see. He has like a seven season plan. And I want to see him at least get through the events of the book. Uh, Red Dragon, which are the, you know, I think would be season four. So yeah. at least at least two more seasons is all I want. 
I'm asking a lot, John. And then I'll want a fifth season. <laughs> but I mean, it is interesting. On paper, it sounds like Dexter, but I find it to be so much more uh, engrossing than Dexter was. When, I mean, I watched the first few episodes of Dexter and couldn't get into it. This I watched and was hooked on it, you know, minutes in. Oh, yeah. As much as I love Dexter, you know, through the fourth season, I, I don't, I, I've, I'm way more into Hannibal. Yeah. And I, and I And I did really love Dexter. It's very similar, but I think the characterizations are so bigger, so mm-hmm. much bigger. And I mean, just like... Like you said, Hugh Dancy and, and Mads Mikkelsen, their their characters, and and you're right, man. Like it's kind of it's kind of becoming like that's the Hannibal. Yeah, that's that that's the character now. You know, like that's kind of what I. Well, I it's a like romance between these two it. guys yeah. too. So it's like these two characters really are iconic. And I would say Lawrence Fishburne has, you know, he's not he doesn't make a huge impression in every episode, but he's done some really good work in a couple episodes. Of he's this great show. in it. Yeah. And his personal story, like with his actual his wife, wife in real life playing yeah. his wife who's dying of cancer on yeah. the show. I mean, that's just some gut-wrenching stuff. And yeah. the way that Hannibal interferes that, yeah. is so... Like, let's... And actually, this is a nice bridge to the to Fargo, if we want to talk about that for a minute, because there's the the character of Hannibal and the character of Lorne Malvo in the Fargo show, which is the, the Bolly... The Bolly. <laughs> the Billy Bob Thornton. The Bollywood Thornton. The, the Billy Bob Thornton character. There is... This, basically, this character is basically the devil. Yeah. You know, this character is there to poke at people and see what they'll do and punish them if they cross them. And it's a very, it's, it's, you know, that's a very unsettling sort of character to use as your central character to say, this person is amoral and they are super smart and super manipulative and they really know the ins and outs of people. Um, But, you know, another thing that makes Fargo a bridge to Hannibal is that it's just, it's an adaptation. When I heard they were making a show based on Fargo, I just thought, I love that movie, but why would they do that? That seems like such a bad idea. Yeah. Sacred Ground, but it's actually, I think it's so oddly successful as a show that sort of, it takes place in the Coen Brothers universe, but it's not really a rehash of any specific thing that they've done. And even with the movie Fargo, it relates to, there's a very specific way that it relates to it, but it doesn't, it, take, like, it takes place in that world, but it, it, it doesn't tell the same story no. as the movie at all, or even deal with the same characters. But it's full of nods. Like, down to characters and scenes, like just nods to different scenes and moments from all the Coen Brothers, Brothers movies. Brothers, yeah. And I find that really interesting. Like certain characters, like the character that uh, Glenn Howerton plays, uh, the, 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 the trainer, is sort of a nod to the Brad Pitt character from Burn After that's Reading. Right. And that's not even a movie that you would, you know, that's not part of the purview you of You work this. it in there, yeah. But it's interesting that like every little beat, like there's just little moments where just the composition of a shot will remind you of something and then you'll go, oh yeah, that's like uh, a serious man or oh yeah, that's like uh, the man who wasn't there or some other movie with man in the title that the Coen Brothers did. <laughs> Have you been watching Fargo at all? No, I haven't watched it. It's a fun see what happens show. You know, it's a good one for when an episode ends. You want to see what happens next. Like it's another one that if it was an if it was a Netflix show, I would have binged it immediately because it's just it just yeah. And talk about awful stuff happening. It's it's how do you think uh, the Lester Nygaard character compares to like Walter White and all those other kind of great antiheroes? As far as like here's a weasel who you don't really root for, right. even though he keeps coming out on top. I think that character is really really. Like, hard to watch, but to- really compelling at the same hard time. Hard to not. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I, I, I'm into that show. I think the past, well, when this airs, the episode two weeks ago, yeah. is kind of where the show, I felt, took a turn, like, where it hit a stride for me. Mm-hmm. Um, th- well, both the episode prior and, like, the flash-forward episodes. Yes. You know, like, around that time. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I, I, I do really appreciate how it's, like, it's it's in that world, like you're saying. It's but, like they did their homework, but, yes. but they aren't copying anything directly. That's it. That's exactly what I was getting to. You took the word out of my mouth. It's not a copy of something. You know, mm-hmm. it's not taking it from the movie to the to the to small screen. It's found a way to like really work a lot of nods and a lot of tone and a lot of visual cues that you come to expect from a Coen Brothers world. But um, like the pacing and yeah. like the long slow shots were something. The shot, yeah. the shot with um, actually uh, Key and Peele. The episode that they're in. Oh yeah, when he walks through that the building. Yeah, that was really creative. Oh man, amazing and funny. Oh, hilarious. Mm -hmm. But just the camera work there, like following him into a building. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, just so much. Yeah, yeah, like the way it follows it through the building, like outside, it's like a little maze. You know, that is it's awesome. And yeah, and you're following basically it's a guy who goes into a building, and you're following the sound effects of what's going on inside, and the camera's just moving like up. And you hear him get on the elevator, and so it goes up, and then you hear him walking down the hall, and it goes over. But you can, you know, he's going in and, and taking care of business, but what you're hearing is just the sound effects of what he's doing. Oh, and wow. Cue the screen door once again. <laughs> we are aware of it, people. Um, but it's also fun to see, and, and this is another thing that's sort of related to 
a greater theme is that this episode, this season of the show was conceived as a 10 episode story. Mm-hmm. No supposed connections between this season and the next season of the show. If they, I do think they, there's, they are coming back. Supposedly mm-hmm. he's got two or three seasons planned out. Noah Hawley is the yeah. creator's name. I know he's worked on some other things, but nothing that I was, uh, I mean, I, I to remember. me, he was, that was one of the things that made this show seem confusing was the pedigree was vague to me. I didn't know, but I would say, I would follow this guy onto any material at least to try it out because I feel like the storytelling is so confident and it is dark and it is funny and it is gruesome and kind of misanthropic in that way that the Coen Brothers movies can seem yeah. where bad people get punished and good people get punished, you know? But um, but what's interesting is with that 10-episode that framework, it's very much like what happened with True Detective. You can get these super high-profile actors to come in. Like Billy Bob Thornton wouldn't sign on for a five- or six-season show, I don't sure. think. Yeah. Martin Freeman probably wouldn't do that either. But these are actors that love the idea of playing a character and getting to explore them over the course of 10 hours, but, but no further commitment, you know? I mean, I think... And they've already started talking about who for... Uh, Season two of True Detective, they've started batting some names around. I know Brad Pitt's been in the running for a while, supposedly. I know the the one the female lead came out, but I think that was all. I think that was debunked. Uh, yeah. But I just mean they're they they're talk, going after big names. They talk realistically yeah. about big names, yeah. and I think that like the idea of Fargo. I don't know the profile for this show hasn't been as big as the the profile or the as high profile as the as True Detective, Detective. but it um. It's still the same thing of, you know, Billy Bob Thornton, Martin Freeman. I'm trying to think of who else. Well, Key and Peele, they're not movie stars, but they're definitely recognizable faces that are kind of on the rise right now. Colin Hanks is in it. Colin Hanks, great in it. Yeah, he's really good. And great in a way that you, like any nice people in this universe you worry about. And he's like the (laughs) ultimate, like... He's like the yeah, ultimate the, guy. The, the good guy. He's in the wrong job yeah. uh, as a cop. And and I don't know the actress Allison Tolman. I, Tolman. I don't know yeah. if I've seen her in anything else, but she's incredible. She's great. I love her character, Molly, who's kind of the stand-in for Marge, Marge. Gunderson from um, from Fargo. Is is I mean, from the beginning, it, you know, we were talking last time about one of the things we like about Hiccup being that he's smart. I just love that she's just a good cop. Yeah. And she's in, doing, a, in a sea of bad cops. In a sea of bad cops. <laughs> Speaking of which, Bob Odenkirk is great. I thought his scene, he has had a few moments. He seems like, he's basically he's sort of like the sleepy and competent chief of police. Yeah. And, and he's kind of getting in the way in the most in the most innocuous fashion. He's not a villain, but he's getting in the way of our heroine from doing good police work a lot. Yeah. But when there's a sort of a point in the season where you see that he's not, it's not just incompetence, it's like innocence and sweetness. This man can't believe that he like there's a reason why he's not suspecting the right guy yeah. because he just can't believe this guy who he knew in high school could turn out to be and no you see how that gets used against him I, but I thought in that moment I was like okay they just took this one note joke character that Bob Odenkirk has been playing and added this depth to him where you see it's not that he's he's not a malicious idiot he's just too naive to see the darkness that's yeah. around him you know and that actually is kind of interesting and really yeah. deep you know and then scene where that comes out there's a scene between Martin Freeman where he's making a, a confession to uh, uh, Bill, yeah. the Bob Odenkirk's character, which is one of the most stomach-turning... Mo- I mean, Martin Freeman plays it to its help, but it's definitely you're watching a, a weaselly guy learn how to be really evil. And yeah. it's like the mirror image of when you would watch Walter White do it. You know, you watch this character. Very early in the season of Fargo, you see that Lester is not... He's not a guy whose interests are in the right place. At least with Walt, you could fool yourself for the longest time that he was doing it for his family. And also, he was punishing really bad people. Yeah. But Lester is 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 a different guy altogether. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. but I mean, to me, the fact that I'm sitting there hissing a character played by one of my favorite actors uh, right now is to me that's just a testament to the fact that the writing it's going there. I it's, mean, it's, it's it's there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not shying away from some some perfectly nasty things happening. Mm. <laughs> no wood chippers yet, but not it, yet. But in spirit, the wood chipper has has you know has been there all along. So. What else are you guys watching? Man. So much. Uh, got another wild card. Throw it out. Mr. Selfridge with, um, with Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. Does he And Jeremy Piven's toupee? Or does he go with his actual hair in this? No. If he did, he would be bald. I guess you're right. <laughs> I just think he, was a, I think he was a bald actor. And, then he, bald. He, and then he showed up with hair. You know, yeah, I always find it's, that strange. It's pretty, but, it's okay. pretty amazing yeah. that he just... Got hair within the past like ten years. It's interesting. So is it good? It's a British show, right? Yeah, it's is a it... British show about um, Selfridges, which is huge in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy that came to London in the twenties and had this idea to change the way that retail was done. Because when then, when you wanted a scarf, they'd show you one scarf. 
you describe what you wanted, and they'd show you one scarf. Mm-hmm. And you'd say, okay, so I don't, I want something a little different. So they go to the back, and bring out another scarf. So he's like, why don't we put multiple things on the table <laughs> so that people can look at things at the same time and compare things mm-hmm. and have people talk to them that were attractive and, like, you know, be be inquisitive about what you wanted and really tried to make it a very personalized experience which apparently wasn't common in the early okay. 20s they thought that you were a, you were basically a floozy if you were a, a female that was getting too personal with somebody and and, and i mean like just I asking still feel that way just asking random <laughs> questions like, <laughs> what's people, your name people have to know their place right? yeah what, what, what network is this on i've never even heard of this show um i think it's on hulu um, I just downloaded it, but um, I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu. Uh, okay, yeah, I see it on Amazon Prime too. Yeah, okay, Amazon Prime. Was it Amazon- BBC America? But is, yeah, or? is it a, is it a network thing or is it just an online series? It's it's BBC. It's a network, yeah. Okay. Um, wow, I've never even heard of it. It's it's really good, man, and and it's interesting to see. So there's a there's a parallel. There's definitely uh, some some similarities between him and his character on Entourage. <clears throat> But this character is different because his he believes in himself. Say, let's hug it out. Yeah. <laughs> he believes in himself so much that he kind of has to fake fake his this sort of place that he wants the store to be in. He 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 ha, he he believes in it. Right. But the enthusiasm that he he's kind of putting on as things are kind of being taken from him is an interesting contrast. So he's like, "Everybody, I love you. Do well." And then he's like almost crying when he leaves a room because like investors aren't there right, like they right, were right. before he's, or he's the face of yeah of optimism it's so cool man and, and see jeremy piven kind of act his ass off well, i was gonna he, say how is he because i used to really I like, like him and him. then he kind of became I, a, a, a caricature he was great himself, in so he was great in entourage i mean i don't know if you watch sort of like later seasons he was kind of like the highlight to me he was the only real part of entourage he was going through real stuff while everybody else was kind of experiencing you didn't you didn't find it captivating to see if vince finally made aquaman (laughs) or whatever stuff like that but he was going through real stuff in the show so i i kind of felt like that was his opportunity to kind of act you know if i ever think back on entourage it's usually something with ari yeah you know all ari gold yeah so it's it's definitely worth checking out it's it's solid and it's interesting to see him with an american accent with all these people he they view him as an idiot that's another thing so in in entourage you know he's like boisterous and crazy and he he kind of bullies people in this environment they're like americans are idiots he's taking these stupid chances all they do is brag and have no 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 sense of what a a british man is supposed to act like a british gentleman they talk about that a lot Mm -hmm. a british gentleman what the english gentleman is supposed to do so it's it's cool, man. I'm I'm kind of falling in love with it, and it's something that I kind of needed because I didn't. It's it's all like uh, like Mad Men, very dialogue driven, and a, a conversation can sway the whole mood of the whole yeah. show. And and that's that's something that I don't find that much in in shows. It's a lot of like physicality, and I, I it doesn't have a lot of that. And I I think it's a really it's kind of a small miracle to entertain people with dialogue. Well, I mean, it's like. I like it when stories have kind of, I mean, you mentioned Mad Men, mm-hmm. but like the stakes on it, I mean, they've, they've had deaths on Mad Men yeah. and they've had danger and they've had moments where you worry about something happening to somebody, but it's, it's a show where, yeah, it's more about like work and succeeding at your job and being able to stay afloat and not losing your soul in the process and all this stuff. It's like, it's the stuff of human drama. Yeah. And when you talk about Mr. Selfridge, it sounds like the stakes would be at that more human recognizable level. It's like you're trying to make a business work. You're trying not to look like an idiot. You're trying not to, you know what I mean? Compromise, but it's not, you know, it's not mobsters. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, maybe there's mobsters in Mr. (laughs) Selfridge, but it sounds like the kind of show where it really would be hinging on much more recognizable matters of drama as Mm. opposed to something really heightened. And yeah, I like, I like when a show manages to get you invested in real stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a nice thing. You have Amazon Prime, Steve? Yeah. What do you think of it? I'm thinking about getting it. I love it. I mean, I have Amazon Prime mainly because of the, the retail shipping. side. Yeah, the shipping. But I mean, the shows they get are solid. I mean, a lot of the same similar stuff is on Netflix, but then some that aren't on Netflix. The HBO like, stuff. Like this stuff, the HBO Huge. stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I have, to, okay. I, I have to check that out. I've never even heard of that show before. Yeah. I 
man, I did. I found out about it a couple months ago, and I kept seeing it over and over and over and over and over again. I'm like, Jeremy Piven? Yeah. I got to check it out, especially since he has an American accent. I thought, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to hate this if he's doing this British Hello. Accent. Yeah, yeah. He's just an American in London, and most people that run into him kind of hate him. Did you say he's an American werewolf in London? <laughs> yes, he oh is. Oh, my God. With that toupee. <laughs> it slowly grows all over his whole face. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. Well, where do you guys do... I mean, so we've talked about Hulu. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Amazon Prime. I'm At this point, I, I have... Uh, um, I have, I don't know, I was going to say DirecTV, but those, I wish I had DirecTV. I couldn't have DirecTV at this uh, and get HD, something about the satellite. But I'm on Comcast, mm-hmm. so I use that on-demand service a lot. Yeah. And I do Netflix. What, do you, you, I mean, Hulu, I, should I should I be subscribing to Hulu? Should I be subscribing to Amazon Prime? Are there a lot of, it almost seems like there's a yeah, little bit of overlap, but there's a lot of stuff that's unique these days. So I mean, to be honest, primarily most of what I watch is... Netflix, probably. Well, I mean, of those services is Netflix. Yeah. But where I view my TV shows is through other. Yeah, other means. Through other mm-hmm. means. Because peer to peer sharing, you know, in yeah. a way or, or, or sorts. But um. Through crisp copies. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. That's pretty much the same. For the me. things I seek out on Netflix are mainly like the original series that they mm-hmm. have on there, or past seasons of shows that I've already been into, yeah. or that I watch or like. Um, you know, I probably use Netflix definitely. This is the predominant streaming service I use. I have Amazon Prime. I have access to the Hulu account. Um, Why walk up the stairs when you can run up uh, the stairs? Obviously. It probably is not getting picked up on the mics, but I just had a kid stomping up the stairs. Hopefully yeah. that'll be the last um, time in and out tonight. So sorry, guys. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I There's a lot of... You know, this is probably not the best thing to say. There's a lot of great applications that like streamline getting TV shows mm-hmm. through... Other means, torrents, whatever you want to use, news groups, mm-hmm. like that just automates everything, and that's what I do. I don't watch TV really at all anymore. Have you heard of Popcorn Time? I had to yeah. throw it in. What I have been is the new version in a has TV. Sorry. When a night when uh, one of my favorite shows would like, I remember we were in a hotel. We went to the beach a few weeks ago when Hannibal was mm-hmm. still running, and so it was like the second to last episode of Hannibal with the Mason Verger. Yeah. The the we didn't even talk about how great Michael Pitt was yeah. in that, but um. But it was we were watching on the hotel television, and it was such horrible picture quality. It was just wretched, and that's a show that uses its darks and you know, like a little be shot in really murky colors. I was like, you couldn't even tell what was going on <laughs> half of that episode, and I found myself thinking, like, like five minutes after this episode airs, somebody has probably started seeding a, an HD it. torrent yeah. of it that we could watch on my laptop that would be better. Yep. And it's like, I don't know, I sort of feel differently about television than I do about movies in that sense. And that like with movies, it behooves you to try to see it as validly as possible. Mm-hmm. But with television, it's kind of like, it's there's something kind of disposable about, I mean, I don't see how that's really got, that doesn't feel that different than, than watching it on my DVR or yeah. something like that. Like it doesn't seem like, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe in my mindset. No, I get it. There's something pretty despicable about the idea that 24 hours after it's, 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 pirated material yeah that makes no sense to me yeah especially on like nbc or abc it's it's it's, it's you're calling them despicable they're expecting to protect their they're copyright the, they're the, <laughs> they're despicable i just mean it's funny how spoiled i am that like if i'm watching a show that i love and i'm not watching it in hd on a decent screen i feel oh, like yeah. this is shit i'm oh. not watching it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. especially a show like it just pained me to watch an episode of hannibal that didn't look nice you know but um and and crappy televisions there's not a setting that looks good you know there's all these yeah. like aspect ratios and all these like film look and all, it's all terrible every oh, last switched. bit of it you legitimately are better off watching it on your laptop or yeah. ipad yeah i mean by by technical specs your your display on that is is mm-hmm. leaps and bounds better than like, most of those tvs at hotels um a couple other shows just to kind of throw out a couple comedies i've been watching um really enjoyed the first season of silicon valley yes absolutely uh, veep uh, continues to be one veep, of the so good the well, last episode of silicon valley of the season has one of the funniest scenes i've seen on television period this year. i haven't yeah. seen it yet oh uh, yeah. I'm, I'm two episodes in um, even if you just go watch that scene yeah that, we i actually showed a co-worker today that scene does it involve tj miller yes i love tj miller all, all, without any context of the series it doesn't ruin anything like you can watch there's a youtube you can watch it it's the it's the it's the everybody scene. keeps talking about this scene it's hilarious it's just so it's, funny it's incredible and it, and it's it keeps, so well thought out it keeps going and it's like a it's a great piece of writing yeah yeah and it makes it feel like the, they were actually building up to it like that throughout the season they were actually building up to this moment mm-hmm. i'll say pivotal moment that's a funny thing to say perhaps in context but it's uh it's a great cast 
it's a you know I mean I think that that show I feel like it had its its kind of fits and starts but I I think I just think the cast on that show is really funny I think Mike Judge has proven that he can take this kind of like like he can take wacky characters and that are in a little bit of a subculture and explore them I mean you know whether you think of uh, King of the Hill as a great show or not I I think it you know over the course of 13 seasons it did a great job of oh, exploring yeah. these characters in this world and of making these people feel really grounded yeah. and Silicon Valley is a little since it's not a cartoon it's a little m- bit more grounded in that but it is very uh, yeah it's just there's really great little observations about character and there's a few character traits that I do think are, are baked into these characters that will make them fun characters to watch as the show finds its footing like I love that the lead guy Richard is has like a nervous stomach I just think that's a great character trait because he's the guy at the head of the company yeah. and he's like the least capable of like yeah. of like Keeping it standing together. up under the spotlight. And then you have Ehrlich played by TJ Miller, who is just the ultimate like blowhard. But he also there's a few points where he comes in super handy. Like his ability to like snow people with his with his verbiage helps. It, like yeah. it saves the day. And then you've got uh, Martin Starr and Kumel Nanjiani who are I just love Martin Starr, perfect man. little. Uh, well, I think Kumel Nanjiani is great too. But yeah, it's like, he's Kumel's. It, he, his line readings is another. It's just another guy who's like he's got good lines and you know he's he's reliable. But they they're a great like, you know they're just funny character. I don't know. I just could see that cast really, really developing those characters as cool. time goes on. I'm it's a, it's pretty sad that. The uh, actor, what's his name, Christopher Evan Welch, what's yeah. his name, who played Peter Gregory, who was really memorable. Um, he died midway into filming the first season, and oh, wow. at the end of the season, his character is still alive, but they've and they've even kind of written it so that he's still going to be a going concern. But it, he's the, living on an island. The comic energy of that character, <clears throat> uh, like the Burger King yeah, episode, it's yeah. like it, there. I was looking forward to seeing him to see them explore him as much as any of the main guys. So it's very sad to lose that that performer, but. Um, no, it's an interesting show, and you're right about Veep. It's you know, I mean, I, I I watched a bunch of comedy. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the sitcoms and the network yeah. stations at all. I, I don't, don't really watch, watch any network sitcoms. I don't either, except for one, which I'll mention in a moment. <laughs> but it's the other film that I was rooting to get picked up. Uh, but Veep is is the is probably my favorite comedy right now. It's like so sharp. TV. It's, it's so smart, yeah. sharp. It's so. Um, Every episode, like it does, it's so. Every episode feels so fresh. Like there's a there's an angle. There's yeah. something with the characters that you love so much, and like the Jonah character, how they feel, they feel it out in the most p- proper way to like work his Weasley self back into these episodes, yeah. <laughs> and it works so well. And everybody in the cast is great. Um, I and love, Julia Lee Dreyfus is just like a ninja of comedy. Yeah, at this point. she she's, she, she kills it. She kills she it. Does, and yeah. I love that it's shot in and around Baltimore. That's I know. a bonus. I recognize everything. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. Great. It's so cool. Um, They've used uh, Towson Diner a few times. The, uh, Stevenson University yeah. was in in the episode a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's a stretch of eighty three that gets a lot of love. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that might not be eighty three. But I think it is. It's just that. Yeah, I mean that that's that show is. Uh, it's my it's my go to comedy on TV and I've always right loved now. Matt Walsh and I think the character of Mike that he plays is one of the funniest like sad sack characters that's ever you know yeah. he's like I remember it, yeah, yeah. I, I just love that on that show you don't just have the sad sack it's like you have the sad sack who everyone like it's like everybody I don't know it's not just that every it would be lame if it was just like everybody hates each other but it's like everybody hates what they're doing. Yeah, yes. and they all feel yeah. trapped, and they all sort of. But they live for it. But though. they also sort of. There is a great team dynamic that yeah. comes from that. That occasionally, I love it when something's going wrong, and they're all like watching her on the television or something like that, and and they're all making remarks to each other. It's like everybody's so, everybody is like, everybody's looking to blame someone else and and turn their back on one of the characters, and the dynamics change so much throughout the season. But there is something that there's a center that holds, and every one of those comic actors in that center there is like. Like Kevin Dunn is fantastic. Matt Walsh is great. Uh, I don't know the guy's name who plays um, Dan Egan, but he's yeah, great. Uh, Anna Shlumsky, who is the secret. We decided she was a sh- like there was a secret week where weapon. she she was great on Hannibal one week, and the same week she had a strong week on Veep. And I was like, okay, this is the secret because <laughs> Veep was the funniest comedy that week, and uh, Hannibal was the best drama that week. But it's just a great cast, and yeah, you almost can't say enough nice things about just how funny it is. But it is so they just twist. They, like it's some of the best, most creative insults of any oh, show dude. on television, yeah. and it's just endless. Like it's like someone will insult somebody, and then another person will pile on and say it's like this, and then they start riffing and making jokes and puns, and it's like everybody in the world is just waiting for a chance to snipe at each other. Yeah. And if you finish up the season, I think it's the second to last episode. There's a scene between Tony Hale and Julia Louis Dreyfus where he's got a nosebleed, and she's trying to in the, she in the bathroom. She's trying to help him. Yeah. It is so funny. 
that you believe that the actors were I mean it <laughs> feels like real laughter on the part of They're the actors They're just having fun. But the scene is one of the craziest moments of all of of the whole series and it's just like how did they plan that scene yeah. Steve? Do you know what I mean? How was that Absolutely. written? How did they know that would be so funny but it's like it just yeah, killed me. And she, yeah, she she has she ends up having you know how uh, Gary, her assistant, carries that bag around all the time. Like, at one point, she has to go into his bag to get him some Kleenex. Mm. And it's just, I mean, it's just the most bizarre little bit of physical comedy, and they're in, like, a dingy bathroom. It's just, yeah. It's like, when she pulls out of the bag. Yeah, it's, it's just, just so bizarre. It's <laughs> just like, you feel like Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Like, I feel like I saw her crack through. Like, I didn't feel like I was watching Selena Meyer at that yeah. point. I felt like I was seeing, like, this, this really funny actress knows she's doing something really bizarre and funny. Yeah. And it doesn't matter that it feels like they're breaking character, because it really feels like... I don't know. There's just something so pure, purely hilarious about that. Yeah, great What's comedy. That sound? Is it raining? Maybe a shower. Oh, it's raining. Oh, it's yeah, pouring yeah. down rain. Awesome shit. So when it comes to the bad sound quality in this episode, <laughs> I blame it on the rain. Although I bet the mic. Yeah, on the rain. Everyone's falling, falling. That was my country version. Was that like your country auto tune version? I want you guys to jump up and do the slow motion chest bump now. Can I get that? Yeah. With the rain. That was Millie Vanilla. We should film it outside. Yeah. I think we know. I think we know what the outro song is going to be. Behind the music, man. One, one, one. I was going to throw in real quick. The last comedy I wanted to say, just because I have to say it, is. A little show called The Goldbergs. Oh, yeah? Like, Guilty Pleasure you started like out, and then it became a show where, like, I'm not ashamed of this show at all. Mm-hmm. Initially wanting to watch it because of all the 80s nostalgia and built around all these 80s pop references and music and shirts and brands and movies and everything that you can remember about the 80s. Um, I remember a lot about the 80s, but I was very young, and I look back and remember these things. Maybe you can reference more if you've right. ever seen the show. Yeah. But... No, I saw an episode, and it definitely like they're pushing it, but it they de- there's yeah there's definitely some great little odd nuances that they catch that I don't think a lot of people have really. I mean, it's really sort of like the '80s version of the Wonder Years. Damn you, John! Kind of mixed with Malcolm in the Middle Fucker. or whatever. You know, I mean, it's Sorry like it's got mind. that sort of. It's really that good. That that I yeah I I'm saying yes. I, I don't, yeah. If you haven't seen it, like that that's the comparison. It's the '80s, the Wonder Years, slightly like cheesier. Yeah. You know, not as much drama as right. the Wonder Years has. But an awesome cast, um, uh, Wendy McCledden Covey, who most people know from Bridesmaids, uh, one of the bridesmaids in Bridesmaids. Mm. Hold on a sec. We got a Band-Aid situation. Do you know where the Band-Aids are, buddy? Yep. What happened? Well, it, it was already there, but it got off the little scat. Okay, can you do me a favor? What? Like, get a wet wipe and just clean it off from upstairs. And then if you can just let it air out, we're probably fine, but but don't get on the couch. Yes, sir. Okay. What do you think mommy would say if she came home and there were blood stains on the couch? She would be like, holy moly, who did this with my beautiful couch? <laughs> <laughs> As planned. I think you nailed it. <laughs> we're not going to be much longer, buddy. Thank you for being so good tonight. That's a really good. But you were saying about that. yeah the 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 bridesmaids. Yeah, w- Wendy McClendon Covey, like yes. she is hilarious. She is the mom that most people will remember from their childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, especially of that decade. Um, Jeff Garland's in it, and um, the, the the actors that play the the siblings are all really great. But just just I mean, the pop culture references are a blast. But you're right. The Wonder Years piece of it is like that. It's got that heart. You know, like every episode. Is it Pat and Oswalt doing the doing the yes narration? the voiceover okay. yeah the narration. Um, it's just got that heart that beats at the middle of it, that around all this crazy 80s pop craziness wet references that are just like so stupid and cheesy at times, mm-hmm. that it's really centered around like a family. And I love every episode ends like with um, Adam Goldberg's, the producer of the show and creator of the show. It like It's basically semi-autobiographical. Not Adam, not Adam Goldberg, the actor. Okay. No, I think he may have an initial in his name somewhere. Okay. I don't know what this middle initial is. Because that threw me off for the longest time. Because yeah, I can like, believe Adam Goldberg, the actor, would have developed... You know what I mean? He seems like the kind of guy right, who might right. develop a show like Adam that. F. Goldberg, I'm okay. speaking of. Oh. Um, at the end of every episode, it's really cool, because whatever that episode's about, or references, or, or a piece of that episode, he actually has like archival like home footage of, of, of where that happened to him in life. You know? Whether oh, it's yeah, about yeah, his, I did his, hear about this. His mom or his best friend. He's like, this, this episode's dedicated to Jimmy Smith, or whoever it is. Who had a small role in that episode, but it's like my, the best friend I ever had, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's really sweet. 
Does and Fred like, Savage have anything to do with it? No. I feel like he touches every good comedy. I don't know. I, if I, don't, I don't think he may, but I, I mean, he, I know this he is, does direct a lot of. He literally these touches days. every. So he might. He, he may have directed some of the episodes. I'm, I'm honestly not sure, but gotcha. it just it's a. I've, I've been rooting for this series. It slowly gained some momentum. It got and picked it was, up for a second season. Yeah, and it was kind of on that bubble a little bit. And I've, I've read some things that they might be changing the night to kind of maybe push it a little more, mm-hmm. um, which would be awesome. But uh, yeah, just. A little, a little comedy that could, you know, like I started out as a joke with my buddy. We saw the commercial, like, oh, that looks awesome, like just so cheesy and like stupid eighty stuff. But it slowly became like this is really funny, referencing like things that I can remember, like experience, mm-hmm. like seeing the Goonies and seeing ET and and Star Wars, you know, and things like that. Like it's very nostalgic, almost like when we were talking about Ping Pong Summer and how like you touch into those things that you really can reference. Yeah. And I don't think it really needs to be lost on people that didn't experience it either because right. it's so funny, though. Like, the comedy is really funny in the series as well. So, I don't know. Check that out, too, if you have a chance, if, if it's on demand or whatever yeah. in the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get it. I yeah. was uh, pleasantly surprised, and I guess this show might still be available on demand or it's out there somewhere, but it was a show that aired on, on Comedy Central back in the spring uh, starring Andy Daly, Review. Did you guys ever no, see any of that? never heard of that. Mm-mm. Uh, the pr- it's it's a you it's, just it's an adaptation of a of an Australian show, but the premise of it is this guy, and it's a really kind of meta concept for a show. But it's basically a guy is, and it's unclear why he's doing it. But these producers are working with him, and he's shooting this show, and in the this show, his name this character's name is Forrest McNeil. But I mean, if you know Andy Daly, you know. Do you know who he is? He was in he was in Eastbound see. and Down. He was the the like the the husband or the boyfriend of the girlfriend in the first season of, of the teacher. Founded, yeah. The teacher. Oh, and he he's to, so funny. He's popped up. You've seen him in tons of things. Yeah. He's a, he's Wasn't a, he just in neighbors. Yes. Okay. And he's on, he's the doctor on Silicon Valley. He's the guy who tells him, yeah. uh, you know, about oh, wait, the guy. That's what I'm thinking. Of. I'm not thinking. Of, he's not neighbors. Okay. Yeah. He, I think the doctor is like, in Silicon yeah, Valley. The, yeah, the guy right, gives right. him advice. That's very confusing, but right, like the, right, his, right. What what Andy Daly does really well is play like a really straight laced guy who's doing some really dark or saying some really twisted shit. But and and he, and if you know his improv, Andy Daly has created these various characters and he's done podcasts with them and he's pops up on Comedy Bang Bang sometimes. And he's just really good at throwing himself into these really dark themes. I mean, on the face of it, he's such a straight laced button down guy. But the the places he'll go with his comedy is genuinely. I know I keep saying dark, but it's genuinely. You know, like he goes there, he goes, mm. and the premise of this show is a guy who's basically kind of ruining his life by pursuing this reality show that he's on, where people send him in suggestions of life experiences that he's supposed to experience and then review. So he basically, like, someone will say, "What's it like to? What's it like to?" Uh, sounds so funny to do drugs, and then he like has to go out and become a drug addict, and then come back and give a star rating to the experience. And so, in every episode, he does two of those. But what sounds cool, great? What's cool sounds is so that good. as you get to the third and fourth episode, the cumulative effect of all these awful things he's done starts to starts to haunt him. I mean, his life, you know, it goes from a guy with a happy marriage and a kid, and mm-hmm. seemingly um, like. It's, and it's never really made clear why this character signed up for this show that he's on. But there is a moment where his secretary says um, to him when he's in the middle of one of his crazy schemes. And you feel like the secretary that he has is someone who's part of the show that he's working on. But as it turns out, she was just someone that worked for him before when he was an accountant. And at one point when he's in the middle of this de- depraved scheme, she says, I used to work for an accountant. He was a nice man. <laughs> oh, that scene. I love those scenes. But it's like, that's the way it goes. And it's like, he is a nice man, but he he's promised this producer of this show uh. that he will continue to go through with this and that he won't tell anyone in his life what's really going on. So there's like one episode where he has to divorce his wife. But he won't. He can't tell her. Oh man! <laughs> and it's like it's 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 the stuff of really heightened, sketchy, broad comedy. But it's also it like it goes for just how like it makes you squeamish with a scene where he's like asking for a divorce from the woman he loves, and you know it's just because he feels like he's supposed to do it for this show. I don't know. It's very. At times it's sad, but it's very funny. Andy Daly brings a lot of comedy to it. There's an episode where he has to eat like an unbelievable amount of pancakes um, <laughs> while his marriage is falling apart. And the scenes of him going back and like sadly but defiantly stuffing his face with these pancakes when you know his life, you know, when you know that he's deeply broken and depressed inside, yeah. it's just really good comedy. And it's like, it's totally, I don't know how much it, I don't, I don't know if it hews close to the Australian version at all. 
But whatever whatever storylines might be similar, what Andy Daly brings to it, his comedy persona, it's just really, really funny, really incisive comedy. I mean, and it's kind of like the way you're sometimes watching a show like Veep and going, wow, this show is really sharp and really kind of mean sometimes. Sure. This show is like, it's got a little bit of heart, but it, 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 it'll surprise you. There's a couple of events that occur where it's just like, I didn't expect to see that and I didn't expect to see it be that funny when, mm. when things are going out of control. So, is, is it What network is that? It was on Comedy, Comedy Central, Central and okay, it ran for like eight or nine episodes. And what I remember hearing was it was ready last year and they, they um, Comedy Central, because of their advertising budget, they, you know, the cable channels <clears throat> don't have just unlimited advertising budgets. They put it off till this year so that they could put the right, they could budget the right amount of money sure. to push it forward. And what I'd heard Andy Daly say on a podcast interview was that it gave him and the sh- other people working on the show time to really go back and edit and really refine it. And I felt that. I felt like this is different from one of those Comedy Central shows that's kind of good but not quite there. Yeah. This really felt like a really finely honed idea. And the only thing that's weird about it is that it, it was such a perfect season of a show, and because of the nature of that character and that storyline, um, it's hard to imagine how they're going to repeat it. Because if the season ends in a note that it could be the end of the whole thing, oh, wow. but the, it did get renewed for a second season, so I'm glad it's coming back. I think there's more mileage to it, mm. but it'll be interesting to see how they can keep. Because the whole concept is, you know, people in his life don't know what's going on, and I think you can only keep that going for so, so long. long yeah. But I think when it's this kind of comedy in eight or nine episodes, I could I could easily see it coming back for another year and staying as fresh. Cool. But part of me wanted it to just disappear and not come back because it felt like one of those British shows oh, where it's yeah. like, you know, six or eight episodes and done. done. And then, and and it. But to me, it's great that Andy Daly has a has a show that seems as perfect for his brand of comedy as as this. So. Um, review, review. Two, two, Broad City. I might may have talked yeah. about Broad City before. It's funny. I love it. I can't get into that. Can't get it. I, I love I, it. I, you, I you haven't quite crossed the love barrier with it, but yeah. I, I found yeah, it funny. I, I, I love it. it. You mentioned it to me a, a few episodes back, and I, I've tried to watch a bunch of. I don't know. I just can't get into it. Um, Louis and Marin. I don't I, know. What's the last one? Marin. Mark Marin's show. Oh, I haven't seen that. <sighs> Louis's great. Well, Louis Marin is Louis with. Of a polished perspective on everything, like he's so Mark Marin. Do you know Mark Marin and yeah. Mark Marin and you guys have Mark Marin and Louis C.K. came up in comedy at this at the exact same time. They mm-hmm. were friends, and they had uh, their friendship kind of like parted ways for well, like supposedly ten, when a Louis decade. when Louis got more successful, Mark Marin, who's like a famously is, bitter and angry guy, bitter, yeah. like was not a very good friend to him yeah. when he was going through all that stuff. But Mark Maron always thought that like Louis was had gotten too good for him. But what Louis came on the show, I don't know if you heard that interview. Yeah. Where he basically said to him, so You good. weren't a good friend you weren't there for him. Like you yeah. thought you were watching me become famous and going off on a different track. But what I remember is that you weren't there. He just didn't I, answer his calls yeah, for, for long right. periods of time and mm-hmm. like Louis wrote him an email. And yeah. It's crazy. But anyway, Mark Maron's whole thing is like he was a shitty person for well over a decade and treated a bunch of people like shit, right? So he's like this reformed person who's basically trying to become the best version of himself that he... He's still an he can... angry guy, but yeah, you're right. He's like on an apology <laughs> He tries to like bog yeah. it down. Yeah. And um, he's like dating somebody that's like 25 years younger than him. And and it's part of it is actually his podcast. The beginning of the show is snippets from conversations he had he's had on his podcast it's proof that a show about podcasters can work i'm saying guys, yeah we, we, we need to do our like we'll loosely movie. based on us movie you know, movie yeah um so yeah he starts off with kind of a piece of dialogue that he had and then it's a portion of his real life and he, he kind of puts it out there and it's funny it, and because he's been in comedy for so long he can get just about any comic to yeah. come on and do an episode too. anybody some really good people that have been on i thought yeah. dave foley from kids in the hall was great in the first season yeah it's um, a good show yeah, no, it's funny. I, I don't know. Like, I like Mark Maron's interviews probably better than his comedy, and I like his comedy a little. I don't know. I like his show a little bit better than his comedy. His stand-up has never really clicked with me, but yeah. I love what he represents, and I love what you just described. I love that he's this guy who's open to growing. Yeah, and I think that's a really funny character to take a guy who knows he's he's got you know he's 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 burned some bridges, but he's still kind of. <laughs> out there you know yeah. i think it's a i think it's interesting and if and 
Marin's on Netflix too. Oh, it is? Yeah. Is it's, the first it's season or first season? Okay. Second season is still airing. Okay. It's like I haven't only seen any episodes. of the second one, but but yeah, I mean, like I know Broad City's a little like out there, but this is a little more like Louis. Louis and and Marin have a similar sort of vibe. I mean, uh, Louis goes off the rails a lot, and and Marin really doesn't. There's nothing. You're not gonna watch Marin and say, "Oh man, the part where." You know, yeah. Well, Mary's Louis not playing his... around with the form nah, the way yeah, Louis is, yeah, but Louis exactly. sometimes an episode will go by and you'll be like, I don't know if I forgot to laugh or if it was just not a funny episode, but he's already got, he's found a way to be good and, and not funny yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I think that what, yeah, I think what Louis is doing is so daring, but it's on an episode to episode basis. Sometimes I enjoy it more than, than others, but yeah. now it's interesting how many comedians seem to have found that. Wow. It's really coming down. Yes. Seem to have found that voice, though, that, like, you know, I, it's very clear that the Marin show is, like, patterned on the success of Louis. Like, yeah. But I think definitely. I think every stand-up comic wants the Louis deal, wants to get to make, a, you know, like, a couple of short films every week. Yeah. The way Louis will have, like, a different actor playing the same character from one week to the next, or he'll have <laughs> someone that was his a date in one episode will be his um, his mother in a flashback. and in a, in a, yeah. You know, it's like, I like the fact that it seems like he's not beholden to any any kind of conventional continuity, but it can make it a real grab bag, you know? Yeah. This is, that's the sound of rain? Yeah, that's what it is. Rain. We've had every possible Interruption. sound effect. Holy shit. I say that, but now I'm waiting for like a, a wombat to come <laughs> jumping out of the <laughs> yes. shadows, growling at us or something. Yeah. You guys have, have some nice weather to drive back in. Yeah, thanks, John. Sheesh. Yeah, well, I'm glad, that's why I chose tonight. I saw yeah. the... <laughs> Forecasted properly. Yes. Well, I don't know. That's all I have. Yeah, same. I, I'm, I just ramble about some other random shows, but those are the ones I really kind of wanted to yeah. talk about. No, those are the biggies. I mean, I, I I don't watch that much show. Like, I don't watch that many shows religiously. I don't watch that much I show. I don't watch that much show. I don't watch that many <laughs> shows, like, religiously, but I do have this binge-watching thing where, like, right now I'm definitely, I've started to dip my toe into the second season of Orange is the New Black, and I've also dipped my toe a little bit into the 24 season. Oh, really? That came back. Okay. Neither one of them has completely taken me by the hand and led me forward but i do feel like i'll end up you know i'll probably end up watching them but yeah were you guys 24 fans before only the first two seasons okay that's what i would say too the first two seasons were really good yeah after that it really did fall apart with moments yeah you know the first two were really good there's only the the best moment so far in the i've only seen the first uh 24 but the best moment there's a moment where jack bauer is like sitting in the back of a van and a guy who's like helped him out with an escape says something to him about one of his friends or is, is that person one of your friends or sh- shouldn't you call one of your friends? And Kiefer Sutherland, I mean, it's a great moment, actually. It's just a funny, odd moment because he just kind of looks off and sadly says, I don't have any friends. <laughs> but then he looks, he legitimately kind of looks like, hmm. <laughs> and it really is like, oh, what the hell just oh, happened? <laughs> oh, my God. What is that? What's going on here? Oh, my God. Oh man! Switch my phone on. So this, this is the last a, sound Yeah, I know. Wow, you were wrong. A, yeah, that was it. Been you a crazy day. But it is like poor little sad Jack Bauer. It was like the only time where you know he needs. He needs like if he was texting right then, he would have. It would have been colon open parentheses. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I really don't know where to go out with this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, me either. Except a, yeah, it's a lot of TV to talk about. I got, I took some new notes. I want to check out some of the ones Ronald said. I've never even heard of the two. Lucas Bros. Uh, Mr. Selfridge and uh, what was the other one I said I wanted to watch? Oh, Marin. Marin. Yeah. yeah. You'd like Marin. Oh, and, and your the review one. Yeah. I, got, yeah. I added that to my my queue, so I gotta check those out. Uh, please watch Hannibal. Yeah. When it comes back, just watch it. That's the show, man. Like I can't, I can't, I can't be happy if that show gets canceled. I agree with you. I got to see at least like the next two seasons of it. Well, we're basically saying th- this is like Southland, yeah. but we're get, we're getting in in advance. We're basically saying like we're ahead of this one. Yeah, ahead of the we're curve. trying to be ahead of this one. Did so Southland get three seasons us. on NBC or did it only get two? I think it was maybe only two. I think it was it? two, and yeah. that's when it we went over. So right. Hannibal has already hung in there on NBC longer than than uh, than Southland. I'm pretty sure it was two two seasons. But Southland got five seasons. I mean, let's you know that's what's interesting is that show. Yeah, you know, but it did hang on due to word you know due to like. 
critical acclaim and people just knowing it was good. It was never a rating success, I don't think. Yeah, so there's always the backup plan. Even if we can't talk you into watching it, hopefully like uh, TBS, TNT, and Netflix, somebody will come mm-hmm. in and save the day if they ever get to cancel. I feel like it's definitely, it'll make them look good for a few minutes, you know, because it, it is a show that there's a very rabid fan base for it. And it, it's oh, yeah. another show too where Brian Fuller, the creator, he, he does a lot of like live tweeting of episodes. and He's awesome. There, there's a lot of sharing of like the inner thoughts behind the creation of the show. And I think that... That's another reason why the show feels so uh, imp- like successful Actually, no, and modern is that I do think that is like the, the modern showrunner having that kind of direct relationship with the fans. It does yeah, seem awesome. like it's it's kind of something that, that can can create that kind of loyalty. Actually, Southland was only on one season oh, really? on NBC, so it's already beat that. Oh, so yeah. Thank you all. Yes. Well, that's crazy. I thought it was too. But yeah, so it, I got I to gotta check these new shows out. Watch Hannibal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this takeaway from TV Schmeeby 3, it's really just a platform from John and I to convince you all to watch Hannibal. And Ronald, I think you can back us for the parts you've seen. Yeah, okay. so good. It's a great show. I mean, I've watched basically a whole season, season except yeah. for the season finale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. TV Schmeeby 3 yeah. Out. That's not how I'm ending it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> gotta come back around with mine. Uh, Make sure you guys, you know, like John's kind of joking, like if you can leave any kind of ratings or comments or shared anything with the podcast, because while we're still not doing it, you know, we're not doing this every week like we used to, we're trying to do it as often as we can and that it feels right to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, you know, we'd like to reach as many people as we can and and make as many new, you know, friends, listeners, supporters as we can, because in the end, it's just three friends talking about movies. So we'd like to talk to more people if we could. And occasionally television. And occasionally television. Yeah. So that's our crossover. Yeah. So, you know, do what you can. Let's get the word out there if you don't mind. If not, that's fine too, I guess. Just keep listening. If you hear this now, just don't stop. And uh, that would be good enough, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, as always, you've made our day. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Do you guys need to borrow some rain slippers? I feel like somebody should like walk down. <laughs> wow, the, the, the storms. Steps. It got so quiet. Are it we just, at, are we at the eye of the storm right now? Yeah, or is this actually... In the of it. Yeah. What time is it? I think that is that what is that timer doing? Yeah, it's like in, what is it on? Is it army time? Oh, I don't know. Did it stop? It's it, I think it's is that the time? That's yeah, not you know the what? Time. You know what? It, I never started it. I'm like, what? Well, like, am I like going really fast? Like Quicksilver? Oh, there was a point where I put it up there and it said 1946, and you, I thought you put it up there like. Is he trying to tell me that it's 7 or 8.46 or whatever? I thought I was looking at something that said 19 minutes and 46 seconds. I didn't realize it was military time. But it doesn't say it's not counting any seconds. Well, I'm starting the timer now. So I'm just going to run it until we record the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In between, I like it.